the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Understanding the vision, the vision of Christianity. Next on Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. Today's message is simply entitled, The Vision. We're in Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 20. And as we'll see today, there's a unique connection between the vision and being connected to the body of Christ or the church, the bride of Christ. You see, as we're connected as a body, we then are connected to the vision that Christ has for his church. Where are we going? And what are we to accomplish? These are things we're looking at here today on Times of Refreshing. Won't you join us from The Well, a Christian community in Livermore, California? Here's our teacher and pastor now with today's broadcast, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. Let's look at Matthew chapter 16, and I want to take a look at this. And uh, the title of my message today is The Vision. The Vision. It says here in verse 13, it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah are one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my what? Church. And the gates of hell, or Hades, shall not prevail against it. And the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. You know, one of the things that we have to realize that happens to all of us when we give our life to Christ, obviously we are born again. By an incorruptible seed of the Word of God. God comes in. He changes our nature. He changes our perspective. He begins to wash us. He begins to cleanse us. He begins to embrace us and bring us into His family. He calls us sons and daughters. He gives to us the spirit of adoption. Just the Holy Spirit by which our spirits cry out. Of our Father. Our human spirit bears witness with His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that we are children of God. From an internal standpoint, we begin to embrace this idea of transformation and transition. 
that I have come from darkness into light. I have been I have come from blindness into sight. I have I have come from a place of ignorance to a place of knowledge. The world is is not just natural, saints. Spiritually, things are going on around us at all times, and it's through our union with God that he turns the light switch on so that we as his people begin to see things differently. But one of the things that he does also is he incorporates us and brings us into the church. We become a part of the church, the global organism. The church is not just an organization, although it does have organizational qualities and characteristics, things what we must do organizationally. But you have to see it as a life-giving and life-breathing organism. You're alive in him. The church is alive. The church is moving. It's growing. It's advancing. It's taking ground. And for Jesus, he tells Peter that upon the massive rock of revelation that Jesus was the Christ, that he would build his church, that he would build his church. And so everyone that is in a leadership position in a church, whether you're a pastor, an elder, or whatever you're doing in the church, understand that we have authority, but we're under authority. And the ultimate authority is Jesus because he is the one who delegates authority to lead his church. He chooses and he picks According to his purpose, and the Bible gives us clear instructions on how that is to be done and and why he does that. But we have to keep in mind, saints, that when it comes to the church, that it belongs to him. We're all under shepherds. We're under authority. And God brings people into his church, into his body, into his bride, into his People, we become a part of the family of God. And this is why it's so important that, that, uh, that we get plugged into a local church. We get established in a local church. We begin to function within our local church. Because Jesus said this. He said, upon this rock of revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not what? Prevail against it. Meaning there's going to be a fight. There's going to be a battle. And I wish I could say that when we started this church in 2003 that everything was rosy, but it hadn't been. We've had fights and we've had battles and we've had and we saw all the good stuff. That's just the good stuff y'all saw. But you hadn't seen the dirty stuff. The stuff behind the scenes when the devil's trying to take me out and take people out. The devil's trying to destroy marriages. And the culture is against the church, and, and there's a fight, and there's a war, and things happen. And, and, and it, sometimes it gets rough, and being a part of the church isn't always easy, but I, I thank God. The church is the best thing going on planet Earth right now. But I love the fact that Jesus said the gates of hell would not prevail. It's the only entity in the earth that Jesus, that he said this about. Jesus is not coming back for a bunch of stuff and a bunch of this and that, although he's going to deal with those things. Ultimately, he's coming back for his bride. He's coming back for his church. And he's going to have dominion. 
And he's going to reign supreme. But it's the people of God, those that are part of the ecclesia, the the church, the called out company of people. God calls you out of the world, calls you away from sin, calls you away from the devil's grips, and he establishes you as a part of his church. You're called out of the culture. You're in, you're, you know the culture, and in some ways you're a part of it, but the, you're in the culture, but the culture isn't in you. God uses us. He cuts us out, and he uses us as an instrument to impact and to have an impact in the, in the earth. But never forget, the church, it means to be called out. I'm called out of stuff. I'm called out of mess. I'm called out of it. And yes, there's going to be fights. Yes, there's going to be battles. Yes, there's going to be things that I have to deal with. But God has given me this promise that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And will not prevail against me. Because I am a part of the church. It's important for us as, as individuals to understand that, yes, the church does have structure and government. And we have to embrace this aspect of being a part of a local church. There's an accountability aspect to being a part of a local church. If I say that I am a Christian and I want to be a part of a church, well, there's an accountability aspect to that that we all should embrace. Apostle Paul addressed this. First Corinthians, he addressed this. In Second Corinthians. Address this in the book of Ephesians. He talked about these things so that we understand, understand how we are to conduct ourselves as the people of God. And so there's an accountability aspect that we should embrace. And saints, we have to see that when I'm being connected to a church, I'm not just, it's, it's, it's beautiful because I'm also being connected to vision. 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 So many people are visionless. The children of Israel, when they were in Egyptian captivity, were visionless. When you go through the scriptures, you see people are visionless. And then when they get connected to church, they get connected to the people of God. Boom, God turns the light on and he begins to give them vision. He gives them vision for their own personal lives. But then he gives them vision also uh, so that they begin to embrace something that's even bigger than themselves. So in 2003, I was minding my own business and I was in my prayer closet and God spoke to me. He said, I want you to plant a church and I want you to name it the well. He gave me scriptures and gave me a seven point vision. Prior to that moment, I had talked to my pastor and I said, man, I feel something going on in my spirit. I don't know what it is, Pastor David. I'm kind of tripping right now. I need you to help me. Pastor David said, if God is dealing with you, that's good. He said, but I want you to take that thought and put it on the shelf for a while. He said, if God continues to deal with you, I want you to come back to me and we're going to talk. And I'm going to take what we're talking about here to the elders. We're going to pray. We're going to seek God. So I came back nine months later. Nine months later, I came back after God had had basically spoken, and I said, this is, this, is, this is what's going on. He said, me and the elders prayed about it. He said, we're going to send you out there to San Ramon, and we're going to plant this church with you. Whatever you need, we're going to help you. We're going to walk you through this process, 
You're going to do it. He just encouraged me. And he sent us out. And, and that picture of me laid out was when we had our service <laughs> to send us out. But when God gave me the vision that's in your bulletin, when God gave me the vision, I understood that it wasn't my vision. It was his vision. It was something that he saw and wanted it to be manifested in the earth. He shares his vision with us. This is a reason why the gates of hell could, shall not prevail. If God, if he birthed it, then he's going to make sure that it lives. The gates of hell will not prevail. And so God birthed it. We went, sent out with 15 people and we planted the church and you guys saw the history. It's just been amazing. But the thing that never, I never forget is this, that this is God's vision. It's what God wants to be seen manifested in the earth. It's not just your good idea. It's not just something that'd be nice to do. This is God's vision. He wants it to be manifested in the earth. You take that, you embrace it, you internalize it, you share it, and then God begins to to cause it to grow and to mature. And this is what we've seen God do. But I want to say this once again. Hear me, saints. The gates of hell shall not prevail. People can do all their talking in the earth, and, and we have wars and rumors of wars. We have ISIS. We have all kinds of stuff going on. But when I, when I see those things, my heart obviously hurts, but then something inside me just begins to, and I want to just say this, uh, my, my heart just begins to become overwhelmed with, with God's blessing in knowing that I don't care what the media says. I don't care what anybody says. Jesus Christ said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Can I have an amen? You, you can blow up what you want, but the gates of hell shall not prevail. It's going to live. The church is going to survive. You're going to survive. The people of God are going to survive. And, and let me just say this and put this out in the atmosphere. In the end, we win. Can I have an amen? In the end, the church is going to win. I don't care what anybody says. In the end, the church is going to win. It's over. It's done. The devil knows his time is short. That Jesus is the one that is the omnipotent one. Jesus is the one that said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against what I'm building. Now, you might build some other stuff and it may not make it. But if you are part of the church, you get incorporated within the church, you get plugged in, you get anchored, you get rooted and grounded in God's teachings. You're going to survive. And it has to be clear in our minds, and people need to know this. I don't care what kind of trouble. And we had trouble, even like I said, we've had trouble in this church, and people thought we weren't going to make it. The devil is a lie. We're going to make it. We have made We're going to keep on making it. And we're going to keep on seeing God change people's lives because this is God's church. But you got to know that you got a vision that came from God. 
And it wasn't just your idea. Let's move on from that. Let's go to the book of Habakkuk, and I want to show you this, and I think this will be really good, and we're going to close with this. Habakkuk, this is a minor prophet. God used mightily. Some of you are scrambling around in your Bibles. You'll find it. Chapter 2. And listen to what he says here, because this is, this is what happens when you really get vision, and God begins to, he begins to move. And this is what true vision should do, not only for a local church, but also for your family, for your business. This is what vision does when you really have something that comes from God. He says in verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1, he says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. He said, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. He says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. Somebody say appointed time. He says, but at the end, it, the vision will speak and it will not lie. He says, though it tarries, wait for it. He says, because, I, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. He says, behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his what? Faith. He says in verse 2, the Lord answered, and, answered me and said, he says, write the vision. Okay? This is the thing that we have done here at the church. We've written down the vision. This is what God wanted to see. Here at the well, we want to be a habitation of God through His Spirit. A dwelling place to reveal the glory and power of God. When people come to this church, we don't want them just to learn about God. We want them to experience His presence. This is one of the reasons why we take so much time in worship. And we just, we just go for it. And we just linger. And we just keep going. And we just keep worshiping. Because we want to make sure that God is manifest in this place. And that God is here. Amen? And there's a certain way in which you get God in your midst is by worshiping. We don't have a time limit on our worship here at the church. We just say go. You guys just go and, and, and then, you know, whenever the Lord nudges me to go up, I'll go up. Because we, because we want God to be revealed. And I want to say this. The Word of God, we love the Word of God. But one of the most important thing we can do when we come to church is worship the king. It's a shame that some churches don't spend time. They, you got 15 minutes, you're done. Well, what if God doesn't show up? Number two, a community of extravagant lovers of God and each other. One of the things that we've tried to do here at the church, and I want to remind you, is we try to, to help people understand what true biblical agape is. There's a love that's being promoted that is not biblical, and it's not love. And so what we've tried to do is really hammer away what love for God really love looks like and what love for people really looks like. Love for people doesn't mean you just give them what they want and do whatever they want. That's not, we want to find God's view of love and communicate that and continue to build that. Our love for God 
and then our love amongst each other. And I can say that the first two points, we see God doing this. There's a lot of love in this church. Even times when people don't think it's love, it's love. And God's presence is here. We want to continue to cultivate that and see God manifest this in his house. A house of prayer for all nations. Point number three that God spoke to me about. That this church would be a multi-ethnic church. That we have people from all over. And you look around, like I said earlier, and we've done this. And it would be a church that, that prays and sees people of all ethnicities praying and cultures praying. We're a praying church. We've always prayed. If you got a problem, call. We'll pray. A lot of times people think about you and they think that's prayer. Do you hear what I just said? <laughs> people, people think about you and they think that's prayer. That's not prayer. Don't just think about the person. Oh, I feel bad for them. Pray for them. Can I have an amen? A house of prayer for all nations. We started off, this is what we want. This church is going to be multi-ethnic. How are you going to do that? I don't know. God's just going to do it. And I look around this room now. I mean, a lot of you, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where you came from. God just brought y'all. And I say, praise the Lord. It's the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Amen. Because it's his church. He draws people. And you let him draw. A community of worshipers who prevail by worshiping in spirit and in truth. We established this years ago that we were going to be a worshiping church just like I said. We're going to worship God. And sometimes you're going to come here and we're going to worship for, our, for 30 minutes, sometimes an hour, sometimes 45 minutes. Something, just take your shoes off. Or don't wear those high heels that are about that high. So your feet won't hurt. Because you know we're going to worship God. And you're going to be standing. And so we worship though. Because God is worthy to be worshipped. He's worthy to be praised. He's wor- Can I have an amen? He's worthy. He's worthy. Community of defenders and lovers of the truth. We're not going to be brawlers and arguers. But we will defend that which is right. We're going to stand for truth. We're going to love truth. Love truth enough to stand beside truth, regardless of what people say or regardless of what people think. We're going to stick to the biblical tenets and that which God has given doctrine through his word. And God is going to continue to manifest his word. One of the things that I love and you have to understand about me, saints, is is that I am a local church guy. I was raised up in a local church. I love the local church. I love local churches. Churches that have been established by God, I love them. My life was changed through a local church. I love it. I love it. Because this is what God, he says, I'm coming back for my church. And the gates of hell are not going to prevail. I was, and me and my wife, my wife will tell you, we, we, were, we, we, raised, we were raised up in the church. First church that I ever really attended. I lived in Alameda. I would drive to Sacramento. Sometimes twice a week to go to that church. I loved it. I would get there. The service, the Sunday school would start at 9. I would get there at 8. I would beat the people that lived in Sacramento there. And I'd be sitting there hungry. Like, feed me, boy. 
I'm ready. I loved it. I love local church. And in the local church, it is the pillar and the ground of the truth. That's what the scripture said. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. So we defend truth. And we love the truth. A a community of deliverance and healing. One of the first things that we did when we planted this church is we started casting out demons. A lot of them. And we don't apologize. Because these demons are destroying people's lives. And you can't counsel them out. You have to cast them out in Jesus' name. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. There are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.